That's right. That's right. Pretty pink. Pretty pink castle. Pretty pink castle. <laughs> That'll be how I open the episode. See, he, he, he says it because it sounds like pretty pink castle. <laughs> For this episode, we leave the studio behind and meet with Papel visit at their jam space after they're set for the quality block party. We talk a little bit about St. John music history, what got them together, and what influences the band's music. So sit back, sip your poison, and enjoy the ride. I'm Kalen Capson, and this is the Pagan Place Podcast. Doing something a little different than normal. I'm actually, I've never been mobile with it before. I've always had people come to me. Yeah. So it's a new thing for me. So the first question I always ask is, what do you love about music? You know, what I uh, love about music is the rich history of music. And like you can uh, write something in the shadow of the stuff that came before. It's almost like um, unifying people in every age liked music and every year and every everything. So to me, that's what I, there's something communal about music. That's what I like kind of brings people together. That's my main vibe about music. What about you, Pierre? Mine is mainly more about me, I guess. I, it's the way it makes me feel. It makes me feel good. That's, that's why I love music. It makes me feel good. So many things to love. I just realized there's a mattress back there. <laughs> Kitty dinosaur mattress. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the history of... Well, you've played together before, so I'm assuming that's probably what led to this. I can give you the, I can give you the rich rundown history. So, like, uh, I used to go see bands at the Deep End uh, across from St. John High School, maybe in about 2001, 2002. There was a really good band there called The Organizers. It was Judd Crandall, Alex Keeler, and this guy, Pierre Cormier. And they were a really good uh, kind of, like, mod rock and roll band, and they dressed in suits. They looked good. So I was into them, would go see them play. And then just through the years, you know, tried to wedge my way in and eventually did, played with them in The Wooden Wives. But, uh, yeah, I've been playing with Pierre now well, for... Come on. As soon, as soon as we saw the Poor City All-Stars, I don't remember the Chris and Adam show. Yes, that was is what you're talking about, because you played there. You played at the deep end. Yeah. But as soon as I saw the Poor City All-Stars, we're like, hmm, that guy, Adam. <laughs> we should get to know that guy, Adam. And then we invited you guys to play with us at a free Christmas show at Elwood's, right? Yeah, yeah. And... I remember having a big barbecue at the house and we all came over to my place. The organizers ended because uh, Alex decided to go to Japan. So we uh, we were like, man, whatever we do, it's over. The organizer's over. Let's do something with Adam. So whatever that is, it's going to be with Adam. And we tried getting you and Joanna, I think, up here at one point. Let me flash forward a bit. So then uh, I moved away maybe about seven years ago to Halifax. I like making music with Pierre. So we just figured out a system where he sends <laughs> music. I skipped a lot of the story. He was getting pretty into the story. But I, there was an evolving cast of characters. But, um, but then I moved away. Pierre would send me tracks and I'd sing over the tracks. And we've been doing that for about three years. And I uh, got a couple guys to learn the songs and done a few shows. Um, so basically it's a pen pal kind of thing where he'll mail me a song. I'll write the words and music yeah. over the uh, words and melody over the song, 
and then uh, we'll have a, a finished song. And we uh, do it all the time. I try to make it interesting for them because I'm not thinking of a melody at all. I'm just putting a structure together that's interesting, something for him to, to you know, get inspired by, basically, right? And I'm hoping he likes it, and I send it to him. We get together. It's, it's usually me and Jeff, Jeff Smith. And lately, it's me, Jeff, and Chris a lot. Uh, that's for the last... Chris probably Yeah, Chris Braden. For the last about year or so, it's been with Chris and Jeff. And Alex is in there once in a while when Jeff's out of town and stuff. And I come up with something and I got to get it down. I got the itch, you know. But most of the time we come up here with a riff, a kind of a way to put them together. And I play with Jeff for the first time. And once I play with a the drummer, then I know how to put it together a little bit more. And then and we put it down as fast as we can. We, we, we write it, record it the same night. And it's usually done within a couple hours. And pretty easy. You know, we're easy. We're, we're first take Tonys, oh, yeah. usually. Slutty. We're slutty. We're a little slutty. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, so he'll come up here on a Saturday night with the lads, lay down a little something, whoever's up here, and uh, sure, it'll sure. be in my inbox the next morning. <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's, uh, it's pretty convenient, and we, um, he's got a, you know, a reel-to-reel we've used on music, we use digital, we use everything we can. And we just, uh, it's just experimental, you know, I did a lot of conventional songwriting, it's nice to have an unconventional project, it's like very freeing just to yeah. have to like sing over, I, someone already wrote all the changes and everything, so all I gotta do is come up with a hook and come up with a melody and it's a co pretty cool streamlined process, I mean we've done, we've done about 35 songs in three years, or something yeah. like that, you know, so like we're, we're streamlining, we're moving, we're going with it. You know, we like to get shit done, and it usually gets done, it, and it's not, there's no pressure or anything like that, it's not like, we gotta get shit done. Let's relax, it's easy, come on guys, we've been doing this for 20 years, <laughs> we can put three or four chords together, and a couple of funny little changes and some boom booms here and there, and we got a song. And then we send that to Adam, man, and it's like, and then sometimes he records it in Halifax and sends it back to us within a day or two. It, it just keeps getting better and better all the time, so it's great. That's sweet. I have a couple tracks I sent to Dave Elman. Dave Elman and I did that for a few tracks. Oh. Okay. So I've recorded a few stuff. I'd send him what I put down, and then he put some drums on it and send it back, and then I'd send it to my other friend in Halifax. Yeah. He'd send it back with the guitar on him, like, sweet, there we go, we got a song. All over the world. Yeah. Pretty sure that's how the Stones do it. Oh. I don't think, uh, whenever they do make a record, I don't think Keith and Mick are hanging out in the studio. <laughs> oh Something yeah, no, me. they're... <laughs> We're still buds.
tell me a little bit where we're at. Where are we? What is this place? Uh, well, I, this wonderland of mystery. The name is called the Jam Spot most of the time. But it's just an awesome little spot that our, we got lucked out 14, 15 years ago now. A friend of ours, Sam, rented this place in by himself and he's like, you guys want a jam spot? I'll talk to the landlord. He talked to John, who, who is the landlord. We got this place. I'll say uh, that, you know, it's kind of like a rich history, St. John Music now, Everybody. this place. I mean, it's been, there's been bands in here as long as I've been basically around, I think. Oh, yeah, me too. So, like, this is like ground zero for creativity in St. John. There's been uh, so many bands that jammed here. Uh, and, you know, like, uh, Tasty Wangs are up here, Wooden Wives are up here for years. You had uh, Penny Blacks and, of course, Hospital Grade and Reagan's Ray Guns. And uh, who else? You got Ben Morgan used to jam up yeah, here. Naked uh, Baron. Naked Baron. And, uh, it, was, it was the organizers back then and Naked Baron that that rented the place. It's and interesting though. Yeah, it's interesting now though because you know what? I, I started coming here so long ago. It used to be, it's always been an art space. So yeah. when I first started coming up here, it's it was like of the people. Landlord. Yeah, because of John. John. John Ainsworth. John Ainsworth is about the best supporter of the arts in St. John you could possibly ask for. I mean, all the projects we ever worked on with Judd Crandall and, and all these people always came out of here, and it wouldn't have been if a guy like John hadn't made it available and affordable. He owns Printing Plus. Printing Plus for all your printing needs. Go see John. Lots of cool stuff's happened up here. Like, remember the old sleepyhead days when they were up here hanging out? That some buddies from Japan. They actually like uh, they released our first record. They did, yes, yeah, in yeah. Japan on this on their website. Good uh, dudes, man. When they were around that summer, that was a legendary St. John summer, buddy. I want to name the label. Thirty-three record. Thirty-three record. Um, so you've talked about your writing process already. Hi. Let's talk about tonight. So you're normally from Halifax, like you're saying, but you're here in St. John tonight. Um, well, the quality block party's going on. Um, so that's like you know an independent festival in St. John by Peter Ronan and uh, Abigail. Uh, so uh, it's a really cool festival. Lots of local talent and stuff like that. We were playing with Keith Hallett and some dudes from um, Massachusetts. Really great kind of like psych band called Karen. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And uh, But we played their uh, Quality Block Party Festival in April, they had, at Callahan's, and we had a really good time. We played three shows. This is our third show. Um, so uh, we played at Christmas time. We played a Quality Block Party. We played another Quality Block Party. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I came to town to do that. But uh, it was great to get back. I love coming to St. John. You know, Papal Visit's only ever played in St. John. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll stay that way. I, I really, the crowd's sweet to us here. I like it a lot, so yeah. It's, it's going to get interesting for sure because we've only done it three times, I think, now. Yeah, three times. We've got so many more songs that we are not performing yet that it could change every show. You know, the next the next one's going to have at least 25, 30 songs on it. Basically, we gotta, we're got we're making a big, big record right now. Big record. <laughs> we're just going to record it over years and accumulate a ton of songs. So when you do that, you've got songs you've done... Like, we just put out a single uh, earlier this week called The Heaviness and Cut Me Out. And those are songs we did about a year ago. And we just felt like we haven't put out anything since uh, about a year. So we should put something out. We got a backlog of material. Yeah, a couple songs, you know, just some presence, basically. Yeah, we not, like to keep stuff coming out. Yeah, who cares why, but... 
you know, push it out, man. You know, if you're gonna be a fan of uh, our band, it's because you like uh, new stuff and surprises, and we want to deliver. So, like, uh, yeah, we've got about 13 or so new songs, and we want to get to like 25, 30 songs. Yeah. So we're probably gonna be working for another year, and then we'll probably change the set totally. Right now, the set's mostly from the first two records, and a few little covers in there. We'll do a Stooges song now and then, or a Guided by Voices song. And so, yeah, we've got uh, we had a, a one we had one song that's not any of the records tonight we played, but we just want to have a lot of material. And that's the way we are. We just work all the time. I think we've done, what is it? It's August. We've probably done like seven new ones this year. I don't know. We usually yeah, do one a, one a month or so. I try to, yeah, one a month is my goal. And that's, that's a good goal. I think one a month, that's, that's not bad. That's like that's literally an Manageable. album a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, so of we're material make, anyway. So we're gonna make a big album in wait two years. Yeah. <laughs> that's sweet. It's worthwhile. <laughs> What's your favorite aspect of what you're doing? What's um, my favorite aspect of it? What gives you the most fun in what you're doing with this project? To me, for me, it's the whole recording process. That's the, definitely what I get the most out of. I love it. I just love recording, documenting. It feels like I'm putting stuff away. I'm collecting. I always feel like I'm just collecting, you know? And I like to make it sound better and better. It's better mics better tricks yeah I think uh, you know like uh, I like Pierre 
uh, because I think he's like me. We're like more like recording enthusiasts. Yeah. We're not guys who are like. Uh, I'm not interested in going on a long tour. I'm interested in making <laughs> records, yeah. and I'm interested in hanging out with my friends and having a good creative process. Yeah. So, like, to me, that's what uh, this is about. It's not like, don't really have aspirations. The aspiration is to make good music. And, um, and so the most rewarding thing for me, I think, is just coming to town and having that connection with these local musicians here that I played with for so many years and, like, still doing new stuff with them. Uh, still finding new ways to work with uh, the dudes I love. You know, it's like any uh, relationship. If it goes on a longer time, more water under the bridge. It's cool to have some people who you've been creative with over a long period of time. Like I say, with Pierre now, probably 15 years, been doing creative projects. And um, I always have uh, some kind of partner I do creative stuff with. For years, I played with Judd Crandall. He was my drummer when I would do solo stuff and stuff like that. And when I lived here, and we had a a great kind of creative partnership where it was like whatever you do I will do too and that's what I feel like with Pierre too whatever I want to do he'll set me up he'll Pierre makes it easy I just come and sing into a mic it's his pedals his gear his recording stuff and he, he makes it happen but the truth is we do need each other because like he wants to work on stuff and I want to work on stuff he knows I'll, I'll deliver with it I know he'll deliver with it there's so many people who play music and so many people who talk about playing music but the truth is there's no money at this level so it's like some people are all talk you couldn't say that about Pierre Cormier though because he's got so much material he's always working and that's the way I like to be too I like to keep it going it's a, it's lethargic it's a creative process and it's like what you need to work on we're always trying to drive it's like forward it's, it's making something I gotta keep making things I can't keep working on the same thing all the time I gotta I gotta finish that thing and get on to the next thing finish that thing get on to the next thing finish that thing get on to the next thing I don't wanna make one loaf of bread I wanna make you know 50 loaves of bread you know, that's the way I look at it. It's like, I want high production. I think Pierre and I talked about this the other day. By the time we're old men, we want to have a thousand catalog. records. We want to have a back catalog of a ton of songs. So, uh, you know, that's just what we're working towards every day, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. The, collecting. Collecting songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I kind of do that, too. I, uh, I record a lot on my own. And yeah. I like this back catalog of shit that I've just recorded since... Since high school, I think some of it goes back to. Sure. But then I discovered like Sony Vega in university when I worked at the the, the Baron there next okay. to the radio station, yeah. and that's what they recorded on. Troy Chenier exposed me to that. Oh yeah. So all you needed was a shitty microphone and a laptop or a computer that could run the program, and I just upped my game. And Entirely. <laughs> yeah, it was like. I don't need to just use a tape deck that I can... Troy Chenier is another guy. He's a good guy that Pierre played with in the past. Pierre's oh, been in so shit. many bands, but he was... You've you, been through a lot. We were talking <laughs> uh, We were talking about uh, that band. Uh, it was Stabby Dancers you were in years ago. Yeah, Stabby, Stabby Dancers. Dancers. Yeah, man, it's been it's so long ago now. I, I forget what it felt like, really, to be in that band, but it was, it was crazy, that's for sure. One of my greatest St. John like early memories is going out to the university to see Troy play, uh, Troy Chenier, and he. Project? Oh, you know what it was? It was a Fool of Palooza cover show, and he was doing oh, the Violent wow. Femmes. Yeah, we did the Ramones. You did the Ramones that show. The, we the did organizers were as the Ramones. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I was a. Uh, Probably 15 the or something. The first pool pools ever. Yeah. I remember those back in the day. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and... White Bone Lounge. At the White Bone Lounge. White Bone Lounge. Yeah, right. The yeah. White Bone! Um, Which was really just an empty room. It was, uh, <laughs> it was... It's a, the catch your name. 
The Villanovans did Nirvana. Nirvana. Shout out to the Villanovans. That's a reference you'll, you're gonna get. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jenny, God bless him, did the best Violent Femme set. I love the Violent Femmes when I was 14 or 15 years old or whatever that, it was. Yeah. Holy hell, he raised hell. I don't know who his bass player was, a little, little dark-haired dude, but man, that guy, those bass lines are tricky. And uh, dude killed it. Dude killed it. What a great show that was. St. John passed. <laughs> I think the main thing about us is we always like to talk about history. We like to the history History's of the old bands. Yeah. The history of St. John, who was in bands and all that. That's what's important, you know. Well, the, yeah. you guys in particular, and a number of people in the next room. Yeah. Are it's a pretty good little party going on right now. It's a very good party. Thanks for uh, inviting me up to do the interview here. But they're all, and you guys are all very connected with the history of St. John music. Uh, organizers were back in the day, I think when like the A-tubes were kicking it and yeah. shit like that. So there was a lot, Ermine, like. Yeah, yeah. How about yeah. the addiction seekers? The addiction seekers. <laughs> Manoli and the addiction Manoli. seekers. Yeah. Manoli. Here's to Manoli. I'm raising my glass right now. Here's to Manoli. But there is a lot of really vivid St. John musical history and being just up here right now. I Here's what I'll say. I'll use this as an opportunity to give a shout out to the guys who are in our live band who are our great friends. Yeah. Jason Ogden, Jason. who you gotta know from Penny Blacks and you gotta know from Hospital Grade, not funny anymore and the whole kit and caboodle there. Yeah. And Chris Braden, old friend of mine, oh. beautiful guy who was in my first band. He's in, he's in Penny Blacks too and uh, he was in Reagan's Ray Gun and stuff. And then Jeffrey Smith, Tooth in the Fang, Little You, Little Me, good dude. So those guys are our live band and uh, there's a whole bunch of St. John music history right in the uh, right in the band.
what influences. Influences, we're really into a band from Dayton, Ohio called Guided by Voices GBV. from the 90s, GBV. Um, and they're home recording dudes uh, who have done like 2,500 songs or something like that. So we're big fans of that stuff. And uh, we were both big fans of 60s stuff. The thing I find is Pierre, man, he's got modern taste. He knows what's going on. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> I'm listening to like Tennessee uh, Ernie Ford records and oh. stuff, old shit. But oh. he's like... I'm finally out of the 60s. He's finally out of the 60s. He lists the 60s stuff forever. And I keep going further. I'm like, what about the 40s? <laughs> but yeah, we're both the Big Guide by Voices fans and a lot of like 90s stuff. I know Pierre likes his uh, Pavement and Built a Spill. So much cool what, stuff. What's your favorite Guided by Voices record, Pierre? Oh, boys. That's our toughie. Propeller. That's You ever hear understanding. Uh, Propeller by Guided by Voices? Holy shit. I, I don't think I've ever listened to a full album of theirs. I've heard a lot of their songs, but never in the yeah, album. Yeah, keep an open mind. It's it's not all like, you know, it's not all hi-fi. It's a lot of lo-fi. It's, it's insanely good. I was thinking about this the other day, you know. Uh, uh, when I was a kid... And I, uh, oh yeah, I was talking with uh, my roommate, good guy, uh, about, uh, he was saying, he's a little younger than me, and he was into Bon Iver. I wasn't really into Bon Iver just because I was uptight about the sound of the vocals and uh, that auto-tune I thought was dated. You know, maybe I'll listen to it later and like it. Who knows? Time goes on, whatever. But uh, sometimes it blows my mind that when I was 14, I would listen to Primus all day long. And... uh, and now as I'm older, an older man, I was 15 years later, uh, that, um, you know, once you get used to Les Claypool, you don't even notice anymore. But, and I still like Les Claypool, but, uh, you know, it's a funny thing. Uh, lo-fi music, eventually you just get used to what's going on, and you get used to the textures. And we, we like to use a lot of different uh, sonic environments for our music. So, like, lo-fi, hi-fi. I use handheld recorders sometimes. We use tape machines. We use big reel-to-reels. We use computers. We use it all. So um, I like an album to have that kind of trip. It has a whole trip to it. It's uh, hi-fi, lo-fi all over the place, and just uh, it's kind of exciting. I don't know, yeah. So where do you think you guys are going? But no, where we're going, uh, we're making a really big record. We're going to make a big one. I hope we do another Christmas show. I hope we do a Halifax show. I hope we play out a bit. You know, we've done three shows since last Christmas, so it's a pretty slow build. But you know what? We always have a good time, and we always play a good show. I don't want to play a bad show with this band. I want to be picky with the shows. I want to do a good one. And I love playing in St. John, all the shit in St. John. I love just going for it in that way. You know what I mean? So, a big record. That's what's next. We're going to make an enormous record, like a 25-song record.
You're currently listening to the Peg and Place podcast. If you like what you hear, you can find us at anchor.fm forward slash the Peg and Place or stream each new episode wherever you get your podcasts. We played a show tonight, so I got guitar leg because I've been, I was leaning on one leg the whole time. Now I got like weird kind of gimpy leg. <laughs> Tasteful use of the word gimpy, one. Second... <laughs> Uh, secondly, uh, yeah, you, uh, we, play, we did play a show tonight, and we, we, it was a good little rock punk show, and yeah. uh, we had a good time. For this episode, we leave the studio behind and meet with Papo visit at their jam space after their set for the Quality Block Party. We talk a little bit about St. John music history, what got them together, and what influences the band's music. So sit back, sip your poison, and enjoy the ride. I'm Kalen Capson, and this is the Pagan Place Podcast. How did you get roped in with these guys? Uh, we were just jamming, we were, I guess. Drinking buddies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw him play drums for somebody. I forget who. Uh, yeah. I and then like, hey, I need a drummer well, when I. Tire fire though. Yeah, probably tire yeah, we fire. did. So it's like this collaborative jam. It could be four people. It could be twenty people, and like just switching instruments throughout the night. And we just hit record and yeah. just go. So I mean, I'd come up play drums for that, and I was. There you go. Yeah, that's probably. It's like, well, I want to record a song and I need a drummer. So I asked Jeff, and he's been on most of the stuff now. I actually have a little, little new song on one of my episodes uh, with Strange Goose.
Jacob's Chris Brayden is also in the uh, in the live live version of Papal Visit. So how did you get roped in? How did I get roped in? Well, we share space <laughs> and uh, a lot of fun. My goodness, yeah. I mean, me, me and Adam went to uh, grade seven together and uh, that's a rope. And there's probably yeah. a little bit of rope there. And me and Pierre like to drink the beers together. <laughs> like, like, I mean, my goodness. And, uh, and actually the thing is, about these fellers is uh, you actually uh, you work and you drink some beers and you have fun but you, you actually like spend the night working on tunes and get stuff done and then you're like oh my god you know a couple songs in a weekend or something you know like that's a thing that yeah we're yeah. Uh, we're functioning alcoholics yes. <laughs> we'd come up here at night and uh, chris would sit for us and we'd paint him nude and uh i'd be on one side uh pierre'd usually brown back and uh did you paint him like one of your parisian girls that's right that's exactly right yes Oh, as and you there, see now, he's, in, he's incredibly toned, quite frankly. He's showing me his body now, and I'm, I'm, I'm flexing, but but you know what? He ain't no string bean. Ain't no string bean. Oh, he took off his belt. Oh, he's got his pants. Christ. His pants are going to fall down. The thing is, Chris is in phenomenal shape. He's showing us now. And, uh, and, uh... It's that Gangnam style. Exactly. So we used to paint him. It's going to catch then, on one of these times. Uh, we used to paint him every Thursday night. We'd come in. We had a book club before that. Switched it to a Paint and Chris nude club. And then uh, when I was about 31, I said, I'm going to take up bass. And, um, we started playing music. Sure. I still actually have a Chris and Adam show cassette at home. Circus? I think it's now Circus. that... Is the you know we all have one song one thing we want to strike from the record, maybe it's like too early. Did we do a cover. We did a couple cover. Oh, yeah, I'm covers just talking about cool. the whole album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, we put that out when we were like 15 or something. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, we, did, we weren't even driving yet. And it's we're up probably, in the spare room. Up in the spare. Yeah. A borrowed four track. Borrowed a four track from yeah, Mark Hill. Yeah, that. that's right. My guitar uh, teacher. And uh, the Hill Brothers. And uh, and so, you know, we, we had a, our heart in the right place. But, uh, you know, I've done a lot of records. It's our first go. And, you know, you know we, we don't need to keep that out there. You know, sometimes no. you get anniversaries How many copies stuff. did we make? Like 12? No, we actually, like, moved, like, I think about 60 of them out there. Oh, nice. <laughs> you fucking owe me, like, like 20 bucks, man. I remember it was I had no a idea. commodity at the time. We did a Beck cover on it. It was a Chris Nadam show. This asshole. Is, this is, yeah, this is ancient history oh, yeah. of St. Joe music. But, um, um, on that uh, Neil, uh, 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 Tom Petty record, She's the One, yeah. which was a soundtrack, Yeah. And he did that Lucindia Williams song. Change the Locks. Change the Locks, that fucking rules. And Ooh, he also did song. Asshole. Asshole and, by uh, Beck, yeah. Yeah, fuck, yeah. So we, uh, so that was like, yeah, you have a very early tape of us. Uh, oh, yeah. And those are all done <laughs> yeah. with my double I don't know tape if there. I have one. <laughs> I don't have one. I have the case. I don't know where the fucking tape is. I'll, but, uh, I'll copy it. You want to burn it. Yeah. <laughs> I've let it go, too, for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't. We did a better, a better record. I thought the Trailer Rock record we did in, like, 2001 was better. Yeah. That was more like our vibe, more yeah. our style. We recorded yeah. in a little trailer with a four-track open your backyard yeah. this is when we were like 17 we, we split up into groups there was like like probably like six of us and we were like we want to write some songs all right we'll split up into two we'll go into different rooms and uh, i think it was at pat's house huh and me and you got stuck together 
and we wrote the uh, stuck together. Wrote <laughs> it. <laughs> let's fucking play Joe Walsh song. We did Barnaby Wild. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, and then we ended up doing the, the whole record in the well, in the backyard. I think this is why it's cool to play with Chris again too, is because we worked with each other when we were teenagers, and then we didn't work together for a long time. But now we're both back in the same fold, working on songs again. And it's the same vibe where it's just like we want to make a, something good. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. Fuel as 20, 25, 20 years ago, whatever and, it was. And back then, we didn't know what the f- fuck we're doing, and we, we've played a few gigs since then. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. We were like, pretty comfortable. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> I think the thing that is nice is, you know, sometimes you end up in a band with guys, and it's hard to talk to them, but when you're in a band with Pierre or Chris, you can just say exactly what you think, and they do what you want. Like, what you're thinking, they can do, they can encapsulate that and do, see where you're coming from. There's no, like, ego or anything like that. Everyone just, like, wants to make the song better. You know what I mean? So everyone's trying their best shot. Yeah, I I agree, yeah. I don't know if you mentioned earlier, but when uh, a lot of times Pierre's like, whatever, come work on a riff, and then Adam will put the vocals on later, come up with the hooks and stuff, and it's like, that's a, you know, like, that's kind of a a cool thing. Love you, bud. No, yeah, it's it's a, and yeah, Chris is a really good guy to have around for Pierre to, like, pick up a song and help him with an idea because Chris has a lot of ideas. That's awesome. <laughs> Melody. Thank you for being looking Melody. for it.
lost yeah. Pierre, but uh, anything else, oh, yeah. one last thing you want to say or anything that's on your mind you want to shout out to the world? Uh, you know. Or, uh, you know, the four people that listen. Mom, mom, this is for you. Yeah, you know, uh, hey, uh, thanks for listening. Support St. John Bands. Uh, support the culture here. I hope it stays weird. I hope it stays homemade. I hope it stays independent. And uh, I just hope it goes on for a long time. Uh, the people of St. John have been sweet to me. Uh, I'll see you at the show. Thanks for coming on. Oh, no problem, Kaylin. You know, you're a good <laughs> guy. Thanks for having us. Listening to Peg and Plays podcast, and this is Buddy from Pension Clothing. 
Have a time. And, and thank you to all our friends back at home. You know, we have a real good time around here at Killen's Podcast. And it wouldn't happen without listeners like you. So <laughs> let's give a big thanks to the letter B, the number 18, and of course, a young uh, Jim Henson. 